World Government 1984. Your television no is nothing more than an electronic mind-altering device. Spiritual freedom is all about independence from the system. Daiva, what, what did we just hear? What was that? These are just some Instagram posts and tweets that call for awakening, spiritual and political. And they want people to reject medicine and science. Why exactly are we listening to them today? Because they link to the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, uh, different movements coming together. I think you follow those in Germany as well. Um, right. So in Germany, what we did see was that we had um, a lot of big protests were both uh, members of, of right-wing political parties um, and people who believed in, um, let's say, more or less new age topics. Um, people who believed in Rudolf Steiner, um, who we talked about in the last episode, um, and just generally people who, who, who you could easily describe as being a bit crunchy um, or alternative. How did they come together? This is our episode today. Hello and welcome to The Inoculation. This is a podcast where we explore how anti-vaccine movements are influencing society. My name is Daiva Rapachkaite. My name is Eva von Schaper. So Daiva, you took a look at this. What, what exactly is the connection between far-right COVID deniers, let's say QAnon, and these new age, more or less crunchy anti-vaxxers? So the time that unites them uh, seems to be conspirituality. And this is a coming together of uh, conspiracy ideologists and uh, a new age uh, fans of spiritual uh, sort of unity and integration of different spiritual traditions. This is what Matthew Remsky, who's the host of the Conspirituality Report, uh, referred to as Yoganon. So conspirituality is basically a merger of belief in like a, a, a government or uh, some kind of global elite uh, secretly conspiring to control the society and uh, uh, spiritual traditions that come in these communities and uh, used to be quite uh, apolitical um, until that point. Uh, okay, and what I, what I also found was uh, very interesting um, the spiritual or new age movements, mostly when we think of them, they're mostly, these are mostly women and conspiracy believers, maybe most famously QAnon, um, are mostly uh, white males. This is very interesting and quite unexpected. Daiva, do we know where the name conspirituality comes from? So the name was first coined in a research publication in 2011 by sociologists uh, Charlotte Ward and uh, David Boas. Uh, and uh, uh, the title of their study was The Emergence of Conspirituality, uh, published in the Journal of Contemporary Religion. And they said that, uh, uh, just as the term suggests, uh, this kind of political, spiritual philosophy is based on two uh, main beliefs. So the first one is the belief that a secret group allegedly uh, controls or is trying to control the political and social order. And the second is that uh, humanity is undergoing a paradigm shift in consciousness. Okay, so basically one is spirituality and the, uh, the other is conspiracy. So maybe 
do you think it would make sense to uh, pick apart these movements first, just to look at what are the ingredients of conspirituality? Exactly. I think I think it makes a lot of sense because uh, I think um, we have a kind of imagination of what each of them means. Um, but it's good to to come up with a clear definition of uh, what it is and what is it's not. So okay, let's start with spirituality. What what do we what is spirituality? Because actually, it it seems like spirituality is something that's good. It would be you know an, an enlightened person maybe, but um, what is how would in this context how do we define spirituality? So it is defined as a mystical individual transformation and um, awareness of non-material realities. And uh, usually spirituality concerns a belief in uh, pervasive forms of energy. And this is uh, why people who call themselves uh, spiritual, they often believe in in, uh, uh, all religions, movements and world religions uh, having a sort of common core of of these energies. And uh, uh, New Age, when we speak about New Age, it's also the integration of different religious traditions and saying that uh, essentially they all speak about the same things and uh, and that humanity is moving uh, towards a new quality of uh, spiritual being uh, with the mm-hmm. help of so-called light workers uh, star seeds indigo children there are many uh, terms of this and these are some special people that this movement okay, believes in okay that's i think that's 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 really fascinating and um i would i would be interested in knowing has the advent of the internet has the appearance of the internet had any effect on the spirituality movement or the spirituality movements? Yes, uh, very much so, because um, now audiences around the world can uh, follow their influences directly. And uh, uh, this started from blogs and websites where people could freely express themselves with the web search, so people could... um, find the terms and explore the different topics. And uh, actually with the internet, there are, uh, there are these uh, spiritual websites in all main uh, world religions. They're also covered in mainstream media once in a while and invited to talk shows. And uh, this helps them um, be heard. And, uh, and then once they plant sort of uh, a few keywords, even if uh, uh, even if they don't fully explain their uh, beliefs, uh, then people can look for those keywords and connect to communities of like-minded people. Okay, so that was that was spirituality. If we now look at what do we understand as a conspiracy theorist, so I would basically be thinking of the. Um, you know, the pictures we saw on TV, um, the QAnon followers, QAnon believers who um, stormed the Capitol on January 6th. How do we understand what a conspiracy theorist is? There are several types. So there there are event conspiracies um, where um, certain influences um, claim claim that... uh, 
uh, events like the death of uh, Princess Diana um, was was an assassination, or that uh, uh, 9/11 was um, pre-planned uh, uh, somehow, and that uh, so events that have to do with with assassinations of famous people or uh, with other global events. Then the second type is the bio-geo conspiracies. Uh, they have to do with the manipulation of the natural world, uh, for example, uh, the origin of diseases, uh, genetic manipulations, and uh, water fluoridation, I think, is a famous one. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm sorry, it, it's, they, they sound, these conspiracy theories always sound ridiculous, and I, I don't think it's a good idea to make fun of people who believe them in them. But um, it, it's just it, it's just sometimes hard not to laugh because they so go against uh, what we know. Exactly because uh, they look for explanations and and uh, a lot of the randomness of the world and they see a plan in everything. There's also a different type of conspiracy theory which has to do with the other world, not not just looking for connections in this world, and it's a fascination with the um, mind control, uh, aliens, alien abduction, uh, it's the X-Files type conspiracy. And uh, uh, then the one that I think is very relevant for the episode today is the radical rights belief in shadow government and new world order. It's co- uh, called by researchers uh, super conspiracy. Um, mm-hmm. So a kind of sinister plan to uh, to control societies. And uh, the idea is that secret societies of so-called Illuminati are conspiring to establish a new world order. That dates back to the late 18th century. Okay, so basically Illuminati are just... Are the are the first time when we really hear about this idea of a new world order? Is that correct to say that? Uh, that's what we know. Yes. Uh, okay. So we had four types of conspiracy theories. So one was a specific event: was Diana, Princess of Wales, murders. Two was the bio conspiracy, um, water water fluoridation, and I think one is probably. Uh, tied into this lab leak hypothesis of um, COVID-19, was it manufactured? Um, Then we have basically the science fiction X-Files type of conspiracy. Here I'm also thinking about the the, the movie Close Encounters, mind control, alien abduction, and then we have one that is firmly rooted in the radical right, and that is there's a shadow government, a new world order. What we can see in this this trend is that uh, they are preparing for some kind of end time, for some kind of uh, apocalyptic scenario. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So spirituality and um, um, belief in conspiracy theories at some point they come together um do we have do we have any idea when this happened so research shows that uh, there's the first generation of conspirituality uh, that um, started forming in the early to mid 1990s and it moved online to some of the first uh, web to the early internet 
essentially. In the US, uh, it was drawing on the um, militant anti-government rights and uh, um, what is considered a fundamentalist uh, Christianity, that uh, um, the belief in the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so as the, the, as the end uh, of the millennium was approaching, there was a lot of uh, hype about uh, how the world is going to change. And, um, right. So those of us who were, um, you know, basically already grown up uh, probably remember the panic about Y2K, Y2K bug, um, also the ending of the world. Um, I... I remember this all of this very well i don't know if you do um yeah i remember that there there was a a supposed to be a big tech crash uh, at the turn of the millennium and then when nothing of the sort happened then the end of the world was kind of postponed to the end of the mayan calendar remember that (laughs) Yes, I remember that. And I also remember very well that I was one of the people I, uh, as as the millennium was turning, I was someone who went out to a New Year's Eve party. But first, I filled my bathtub with water because we weren't sure what was going to be working uh, on the next day. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> wait, this, this, this was, uh, you know, like the toilet toilet paper panic buying uh, <laughs> yes, of the COVID, yes. early COVID. Exactly, exactly. Um, and and um, were, were there any other events where you, where you would say, or where researchers would say right now, this was a catalyst of um, conspirituality? So the events of the 11th of September uh, were pivotal to the spread and uptake of conspirituality. And uh, uh, there was a lot of panic and confusion, and uh, some people who never believed in conspiracist uh, theories before, uh, they rationalized uh, this event uh, as a um, so-called inside job designed to propagate uh, the war. And uh, right, uh, yes. exactly, exactly, exactly. And like as we we're re- researching, one interesting fact that I found was that. Um, you know, in in 2003, there was a survey and one third of Germans under 30 believed that the U.S. government was behind 9-11. And um, in 2006, another poll, if you're just saying this is something that's happening in Germany and this is like some anti-American sentiment, um, a poll in 2006 suggested that more than a third of Americans believed that the American government, the U.S. government, was behind 9-11. And, uh, and this shows that, um, at least on the event basis, people really took to this uh, explanation. Right, exactly. And um, here I'm, I'm just finding another fact that we found. So in 2009, and I don't even remember this, so the actor Charlie Sheen um, called upon then-President Obama to reopen the investigation into 9-11. We really see how how widespread these ideas were. This was the conspirituality of the first generation. Um, so, uh, and saying that there's a first generation kind of calls for a second generation. What do we know about the second generation of conspirituality? So, what we know from research is that after 9/11, there was increasing political disillusionment and. Uh, uh, people were looking for new ways to explain the world, 
and they could easily find it on the web by then. Web access became more, um, more um, universal and people could sort of shop around for different uh, conspiratorial beliefs if they wanted to. And uh, uh, the war in Iraq in 2003 uh, generated more demand and uh, there, were, there were the new apocalyptic events believing uh, that the world is going to end. We heard about Alex Jones in, I think, last week's newsletter. Um, and so in November 2010, we already see him being, his website was ranked in the top 500 most popular websites in 2010. Exactly. And so we're speaking um, pre-Facebook, and Facebook already existed, but uh, uh, before the boom of social media that we now associate with the conspiracy theories. Exactly. So, so really this movement has um, very deep roots, even though um, I think the COVID, COVID-19 pandemic really has brought a lot of this to the surface, or at least to uh, the attention of a, a wider audience. Researchers also named John Perkins, uh, uh, who was a best-selling author and uh, wrote about shadowy U.S. elite uh, corporatocracy. Uh, he was also merging this, this conspiracy with uh, um, spiritual epiphany and uh, uh, and he, he claimed that, we, that people had the opportunity to lift themselves to new level, levels of consciousness. So uh, one of the examples when are also uh, being used to promote um, political and spiritual uh, change. Okay, and if we look at COVID-19 right now, how did conspirituality show itself in the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic? This is where we see um, the right-wingers and um, of different kinds. So right-wing uh, apocalyptic uh, believers, uh, um, right-wing libertarians protesting uh, alongside uh, wellness and yoga studio owners um, against restrictions um, that were designed by governments around the world to uh, stop the spread of COVID-19 initially. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they were calling for freedom. And uh, before uh, we knew uh, when and, and how and, and if at all uh, vaccines against COVID would be found, they were talking about so-called rushed uh, vaccines that will be imposed. And, they, and then uh, came the QAnon conspiracy um, in which uh, the the proponents believe that uh, there's a kind of a child sex trafficking ring controlling the government, and uh, Donald Trump, uh, the ex-president, uh, is fighting it. One thing that I also found in, in my research was uh, a term pastel QAnon. So pastel QAnon, which is a term that I uh, that I found in my research is taking, and this is very interesting, is taking all these things that we see in the male realm, is, uh, these conspiracy theories tied to QAnon, um, and just spreading topics, Satanism, child sex traffic, the trafficking that you just mentioned, uh, cannibalism, and it was being spread um, on Instagram in these very soft, 
colors, very, reass very reassuring tones of femininity. So this was really um, the same kind of murder that we see in, in conspirituality. We have these actually male topics uh, emerging in female realm with um, female women, women with yoga teachers, um, wellness influencers, and uh, the like. Yes, exactly. And we see that this, uh, uh, that conspirituality develops um, uh, side by side with the, with the development of web uh, trends. So uh, we go from blogs to social media and then uh, finally the influencer economy. And, and we can see that in this kind of feminization of these messages, uh, influencers on different social media play a very important role um, by promoting lifestyle choices, by promoting certain products, and also promoting distrust uh, in medicine and science and, and in government. Who are some of the names, who are some of the people who are associated with this conspirituality movement, especially looking at conspirituality and COVID-19? A recent article on the website of the McGill University in Canada I uh, list uh, several people and, and we checked their messages uh, ourselves. And one of them is uh, Christian Northrup, um, who is an obstetrician gynecologist. Uh, and after being a voice for um, women's health, um, later started spreading uh, stories about so-called indigo children and uh, a mystical force that will save everybody and uh, also uh, claiming that the vaccines against COVID-19 are made to control people. There's also Mickey Willis, uh, who is behind the, the pandemic movies. Oh, yes. And so I think uh, there were several of those circulating and, uh, and kind of in different languages. And uh, uh, we saw them in the beginning of COVID-19, right? Exactly. And what I also think, I'd like with, for example, in Germany, one of the big uh, names connected to, to uh, the spreading of COVID disinformation is Attila Hildmann, who um, was a vegan chef, which I find uh, quite interesting. So he was a vegan chef um, and had sold, I think, over a million copies of his vegan cookbooks when at the beginning of the pandemic, um, he started spreading disinformation. Um, and in March of 2020, which was the very, very beginning, he started talking about a new world order. Um, he had a lot of anti-Semitic uh, comments. He had a Telegram channel, and basically um, he said himself he had 120,000 followers on, on Telegram. This is, I think, one of the interesting examples, uh, what, what researchers say, uh, is how uh, different uh, internet celebrities are using the trust uh, that they gain from, uh, um, from certain expertise in their fields or a certain reputation, and they use it then to promote these conspiracy theories. Exactly, and exactly. And a lot of the times, sometimes it's not really clear what their motivation is, but a lot of the times it's quite clear that the motivation is financial. So there's just a lot of money in um, 
selling uh, so-called miracle cures, selling books, selling these movies, um, uh, selling access, selling tickets to big conferences. So a lot of times we have to say the motivation really is money. Um, and Daiva, I remember, do you remember we talked to Esther Senes? So she researches uh, far-right movements at the Central European University in Vienna and uh, Norwich University in the U.S. And uh, uh, she told us that she sees this uh, kind of uh, extreme uh, libertarian ideology um, plus uh, far-right nationalism uh, spreading uh, across the Atlantic. So let's hear what she had to say. Uh, what I noticed is the um, sort of the merging of the far right, for example, with the wellness industry or discourses that come from kind of new age ideas. And I, I find it fascinating and scary at the same time. I suppose the unifying point here is uh, freedom. So they were able to exploit the restrictions to again argue against the role of the government in what they perceive as interfering in private citizens lives um the um kind of anti-government groups were particularly strong in this movement and sometimes they are you know there is overlap sometimes with the old right and the uh, in in the US and the far right in in Europe for example but no no not necessarily not always so they would be completely against any any government regulation so it's it's an extreme uh extreme type of libertarian thinking i've noticed that um in europe it seems that we've been importing American style, this extreme kind of libertarian uh, ideology that stems often from anti-government groups. Um, so you've seen that in the Netherlands, more and more in Hungary, for example. And I think definitely the, the unifying point is, is, you know, don't take away our freedom of choice. Let us decide if we want vaccinated or if we want to be vaccinated or not, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, I think that's that's why. And one thing I asked myself was really what what makes a person susceptible to conspirituality. There was a research paper last year that looked at who was susceptible, especially to these COVID nineteen conspiracies, and they found three indicators. So people who are low on analytical thinking, high on narcissism, and also who are quite spiritual to be most susceptible to believe in these, to believe in COVID-19 conspiracies. Um, and what the paper also says is that it's not only COVID-19 conspiracies because believing in one conspiracy will make you a lot more likely to believe in any other conspiracy. Exactly. And uh, as we see time and time and again, uh, there's a kind of uh, holistic worldview that uh, underpins this kind of thinking that uh, there's uh, the unseen reality. Uh, so it cannot be verified with the usual scientific tools and, uh, and it cannot uh, be verified by 
uh, anything we would uh, probably consider as uh, uh, truth seeking. So uh, then once people enter into this form of belief, it's very difficult to find a way back. Exactly. Um, and um, one more thing that this that this research paper says was that we had narcissism, um, so basically low in analytical thinking, high in narcissism, but and spirituality. And that was the most significant predictor of a higher likelihood of believing in uh, conspiracy theories. And it also um, talks about, so, so about uh, the belief in paranormal uh, events, uh, secret societies, uh, the interconnectedness of the world, so all the different types of spirituality. Before we wrap up, if you like this show, you can help us by giving us a rating, for example, on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to the show. You can subscribe to the newsletter. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you. We'll hear you. You can hear us in two weeks. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Bye for now. Bye.